2: Feeling about
1: this. Welcome to episode one hundred and thirty eight of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart,
0: and I'm your host, Will Witten.
1: And we have a special guest this week, a guest I've been teasing for a couple of weeks now. He's a good buddy of ours. Will, when we were talking about what we wanted to do on the podcast this year, he mentioned two guests that he hasn't been present for that have been on the show a couple of times. And he said, I really want to be on a show when those guys are available. So you know what? We're knocking out number two this week. He is a prolific pal who is a producer of perfectly prestigious and professional podcast perfection. <laughs> Damn. Podcasts like I Love the Green Guide Letters and Steel Wars. He is sticker famous. He has thoughts about your Snoke theories. He is our good buddy from a magical land, Mr. Steel Saunders.
2: Wow. Is anyone else tied? <laughs> not yet but, uh, nice uh, thank you so much Oz. that was um, that was quite a uh, assortment of words you got together there the the, the, the beard is in uh, <laughs> full flight tonight
1: buddy I've been practicing that shit I set up all the podcast stuff about an hour ago and I just sat here listening to music practicing that shit I, think I did pretty well
0: making sure your P's are punctual I yes. like that
1: yes
2: yeah, you know, the P's just put so much pressure on it. Every additional P, I I just felt the weight of the <laughs> sentence. <laughs> so, um,
1: buddy, uh, Steel, why don't you tell our good listeners uh, the exciting things you have coming up in the Steel Wars universe? You dropped a big episode this, uh, actually, today. And you have a big one coming up. What do you, what do you got for the good listeners, content-wise?
2: Well, this weekend, after you finish Blue Harvest, you can go check out episode 163 of Steel Wars. And that's with D-Tails, who does creature work on all the new films. So he did The Force Awakens. He was Kratnus in Maz's Castle. And um, he was a droid in the marketplace in Rogue One. And he played Slow and Low in um, The Last Jedi. And I've known him for a while. He did my 100th show live at Celebration in Europe. And he's just such a passionate Star Wars fan. And his stories from the set, like um, interactions with Ryan Johnson and a really fun one with Mark Hamill there. it's he, He's doing it for us. He, he's excited for us to be there. Right. Um, and the, and the, so
1: you did the 100th episode and a call in with him before, right? Am I mistaken? Yes, both yeah, times did. hugely entertaining.
2: Yeah, he, he's the best. He's the best. Um, and and also, there's a really funny clip of him on one of the blog pods in London. Like we sort of go out partying after the hundredth episode, and um, one of our friends gets to meet his hero, Doug Chang. Oh, on, that's um, right. Yeah, I remember that. It's really funny. But then, so that's up now. But then next week, a very um, long awaited guest, someone that we've really been behind on the Steel Wars podcast. And it's uh, the director Krennick himself, the, uh, the builder of the Death Star, Ben Mendelssohn. Mendo is going to be on the podcast next week, which oh my is God, that's uh, awesome.
1: It's
2: quite exciting.
1: Um, so you started sort of sizzling this. As you like to say,
2: what, about two or three
1: days before said that, or maybe the day before you said there was huge news coming for the podcast the next day. And Jesse and I were talking, she was like, oh, what do you think the huge news is? And I was like, I don't know, man, I really hope it's Mendo, but I don't know if that's what it's (laughs) going to be.
2: Yeah. So yeah, we've got a little Facebook group and yeah, up there I said, oh, there's big news coming tomorrow and everyone was guessing and a few people did guess Mendo, um, but yeah, he came around, did the podcast. He's a, was a big fan of my vintage Star Wars figures. He thought he thought they were uh, bloody great in uh, <laughs> in uh, his enthusiastic drawl. But um, yeah, he, he was he was awesome. He was such a cool guy. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to everyone listening to it. It's gonna be cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that one, buddy. Yeah, so am I. Um and. And I think people enjoy the photo of me where it just looks like I'm about to explode as as Mendo's got this really stern um, look of authority behind me. (laughs) You should have turned to him and been like, you
1: stand here amongst my apartment, not
2: yours. (laughs) (laughs) I did get a few few measurables out of him, so that was good.
1: Excellent. That made up for it not actually
2: being in the movie. I did. I did come at him about it. I think I described it as the the, the one of the biggest crimes in cinematic history. <laughs> so, measurable power, not getting a run.
1: So steel, buddy. Uh, if you didn't, in case you didn't know, last week I actually got to spend some time with my buddy Will, and uh, we were talking nice. about you coming on the podcast. And he said he was doing his research and was going to have a couple of maybe questions for you. And I told him, like, don't tell me too much, just break it to me on the podcast. So, Will? Wow. Yeah.
0: You know, I just figured it was rude not to have, you know, someone from somewhere else and not do some, you know, just some brush it up research about the country. But the the major things I came across was the uh, kind of the abolition <laughs> of guns, the story of Ned Kelly, and the fascination of sausage roll.
2: Oh, wow. Um Sa- sausage roll it's um it, it, sausage rolls you say it as a pool roll for some reason okay yeah but uh, they are delicious are they I'm, really I'm not, sh- I'm not even sure how you can describe it it's like this weird mince meat baked in pastry that's that's what I
0: understand of it and being a chef that's what fascinates me about it it's basically it's like meat and gravy inside a a, a crescent roll, basically.
2: No, it's, there's no gravy. Oh, it's just meat. Yeah, that's like a meat a meat pie is the, is the other really popular thing in Australia. Like that's like our hot dog. You know, everyone has it sport. Like I see. at the football, everyone has a meat pie. That's what it, actually um it came up on the podcast with Mendo, something about meat pies. And he just whispers into the microphone, he goes, Mate, I bloody miss meat pies. Like he was very very passionate about his, uh,
0: <laughs>
2: his separation from this very low, like it's something you buy in a service station that's been in the, the warmer, you know, for a day right. and a half. Right. Yeah. Um, there were some really sounds delicious. There were some really funny
1: <laughs> pictures of him enjoying a meat pie that popped up a, a while back, right?
2: Of midnight. Yeah, yeah. That the was street. Th- yeah. That was when he was doing sort of his, tour, a uh, victory lap of Australia, promoting some film. He hadn't been back for ages. And uh, yeah, he looked like a very... Normally celebrities are a bit annoyed to get the paparazzi photo, but he seemed to be holding up the pie as a, <laughs> a trophy. <laughs> he had a giant grin.
1: I have a little bit of a history with sausage rolls related to Steel, because the first episode of Steel Wars I ever listened to was the one he did with Angus that worked on episode two. And they were talking about the catering and how, like, George Lucas would just get a hair up his ass and be like, let's do Thai for catering today. And everybody would have, like, Thai food for breakfast. And at wow. one point, he brought up some specific sausage roll that was available for, um, on the, on, like, on the catering and everything. And since then, I was on a mission to figure out what the hell a sausage roll is. And I'd ask a couple people, and they'd act like it was some kind of national secret. They couldn't tell me. But I finally right. figured
2: it out. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's crazy what these borders do to the little treats that we love. <laughs> right. Like, the
0: difference between biscuits. You know, like, that's it's so small.
2: Well, the, the one that haunts um, us here is Jackie, my wife, just adores these things in Australia called pommies. And they're like, Oh, you probably know what these are. Will they're like, um, potato pomoisettes or something. Yeah. And it's like, so it's like mashed potato and then you roll it in some batter or breadcrumbs or something. And then you fry it. Right. And there's these ones you can buy like, um, you know, that you just heat in the oven where all the McCain's fries are in the, in the, um, in the, the chest at the, uh, supermarket. And we used to have them all the time back home. And they were here like the first time we looked for them, we could find them. And then we've never been able to find them again. And hmm. it's like Jackie's like trying to devise ways to smuggle them back into America. <laughs> like it's a frozen food product. and Oh, my goodness. It's it, it's just if I just had access to these pommies, it, life would be just so much better. I've I've learned how to make them, but it's just not the same. Oh. I can, you know. I can tell by the look in her face. It's
0: just, <laughs> we just, we're just yeah, open just a restaurant. A... We'll call it Palmies, and that'll be our specialty. It's like right on potato hummus. Oh, there we go. One
2: customer. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll um,
0: fill it with Star Wars memorabilia. It'll be great.
1: Oh, Steele went to a Star Wars themed restaurant in Paris.
0: Are you serious? Oh so how God. was it,
2: dude? I don't know what's going on. I, I've got this magnetism to Star Wars, like huh. I just I just find it places, and I'm walking in Paris, like I'm just I'm walking with my wife in Paris. It's, it's a romantic, good old time, and I see, like this font down this lane, and I like, I just want to check out what this is because it looked like a Star Wars font. Yeah, and it was a full fledged star wars themed creperie. when you went in it was like you were in a crepery on the death star like all the um the walls were all like imperialed and then they had windows and with pictures of like star destroyers like they were floating out the front and oh, it was just wow. there for no reason because the owner loves star wars that's incredible it was so bizarre it was thrilling, and they just played like all all Star Wars clips and things from the news about Star Wars on the TVs. Ah, oh, just, just a perfect place.
0: Okay, get this: there was a a pet shop. Stay with me here. I know I'm going to. Lo- There's a pet shop in Birmingham, Alabama. And so the guy really loves Star Wars and and you go in and it's, it's all kind of pets, dogs, cats even the crazy stuff, iguanas, lizards snakes, but everywhere there's not a pet, or on top of all these cages is like vintage Star Wars memorabilia, vintage and current he's just a, obviously a giant Star Wars collector, and it's all over this pet shop, it's weird to see the two mash together, but when you're in there, it's such a happy place, You like it, it'll make you feel better, if, even if you feel down
2: Star Wars and Star Wars and cats, man. See it's together as much as possible. Yeah, but hey, um, I, I don't know if I talked about this last time I was on the show, but you know, um, Hawes said how he first listened to my show. I have I told you guys that the first time I listened to your show was because you were getting complained about. Really,
1: I don't know if Will knows this story now. I don't. I
0: don't know this story. Yeah, I'm
2: anxious to hear it though. I think someone. I think someone was complaining that you swore on the podcast or something. Oh, yeah. And Jason oh. retweeted something about it. And I was like, oh, okay, here's a new Star Wars podcast. Um, they're annoying someone. That's funny. So I'll have a listen. And yeah, that's how I got into it, it was just, oh, wow. it was like a, a true, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Because I heard this thing and I was like, okay, okay, that's. Like okay, like backfired to the person that was complaining about you because that's right. the only reason I found out about you that there was, you know, this kerfuffle, whatever it was. But um, what was going on with that horse? Uh,
1: they were just, and this was early on. It was
2: I was about to say, was is this the early
0: on thing that it, I re-
2: that I I think this may have even been the very... I'm an earlier I'm an earlier I'm an early adopter. Will don't worry okay. about that. No, I think... I was,
0: that's why I was just trying to
2: establish <laughs> Mate, the time I've, frame, because that's all. I've been here for all your complaints. Oh, really? (laughs) Uh,
1: I think it was our very first email we ever read on air, even. Like, if I had to guess, the person who wrote that into us um, probably heard about the podcast because I was promoting it in, like, a Facebook Star Wars podcasting group every weekend. And, like, when I would put it up. And I think this person listened to the first episode where we're like, hey, we started an email address if you want to email in. And right. then like the next week we had this email talking about how uh, we were given a bad name to Star Wars. Uh, all the, We should be ashamed of all the cursing. This person was going to um, encourage everybody in that Facebook group to shun our podcast and was going to see if we could get or if if they could get us banned from the Facebook group, it was the whole thing. Right,
2: dude. I, they were threatening. They were threatening a shunning. Yeah, <laughs> right. They were gonna blackball. We'll, clean up your act, or you're gonna get shunned. <laughs> yeah, I know. Going to
0: shunning, son. I'm gonna wash my mouth out with soap now. But I, from what I remember, I the way we addressed that was just that we said, you know, look, it it, it comes with a mature audiences warning. You know, this show isn't really intended for young audiences. We don't really recommend that you listen to this with your kids, uh, because it's just it's how, in in all honesty, it's how Hawes and I I would talk across the table from one another, and I think that gives it its quality. I understand that it makes it more adult, and that we're missing out on a younger audience, which is unfortunate. But as far as our art is going, that's this is all that's intended to be our representation. And I don't mean for that to offend anybody, and I'm sorry if it does, but it does come with a warning, so you're you know you're not obligated to listen, yes. but we're glad that you do. I'm glad <laughs> that it upset enough people that it drew Steele's attention. You know, that's really impressive. I'm sorry that I upset somebody's day, but I'm glad that I reached you.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I think around that time is when one Mr. Jonathan Grosso discovered us as, we- as well, and... In- Boy, has that been an impact on my life?
2: <laughs> oh, Johnny, <laughs> the, the the darkness comes up <laughs> to reach the light. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Skywalker, I thought.
1: <laughs> uh, he's going to text me about that and be like, "You don't really regret me." No, Johnny, I don't regret meeting you, buddy. I talked to you I love about. I talked to you about what aliens are on the sail barge for forty-five minutes today. I wouldn't do that if I didn't like you, buddy. Okay. Uh,
2: okay. The um, it's it's always it's all it's always the biggest mouths that are the most sensitive.
1: <laughs> hey, I can't uh, look. I can't play like I'm not sensitive. I got upset about uh, an email and posted it on my er, my fledgling Twitter account. So, um,
2: hey, so <laughs> get this. I was um. I was doing the washing today, guys, because I'm very domesticated, and I put a crew neck sweat- sweater in the dryer with all the towels, and then as I was pulling it out of the tub, I was listening to my headphones, and I started getting all these static shocks that like, were in my headphones and uh, like, electrocuted my teeth. What? I felt like oh, wow. Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi. What? Oh my goodness. It was like, it was real light, like this static electricity, but it was like, it went in my teeth. It was crazy. Yeah, oh, because they were coming out of the dryer, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, because, and static then, like, I think having my headphones on, like, amplified yeah. it or something. Yeah. So, I wonder, Sorry. I have
1: this issue where... I'm now an expert. <laughs> <laughs> where, like, I roll around all day at work in a hooded sweatshirt, right? And then any time I go to hit an elevator button, I get this crazy static shock. I'm talking it makes a spark and a, a audible pop. And I always just thought, like, the motion of rolling my chair with, like, the, the hooded sweatshirt I was wearing sort of generated static electricity. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it had something to do with having my headphones in. I don't know. I don't understand science. Yeah, it's... Is, is where you live very, very dry? Uh, in the winter, it is when I would be wearing, you know, one of those sweatshirts.
2: Yeah, because when we went to Albuquerque, it was really dry and we were getting like everything we touched was giving us an electric shock. It was hilarious. <laughs> like it was happening so much that it just got funny. Like every, like someone would touch the car, get an electric shock, we'd laugh, and then we'd touch it and we'd get shocked. So it was, it was like that the original episode of The Simpsons. Everyone's getting that shock therapy. That's Albuquerque.
1: Speaking of Albuquerque, you've been on a little bit of a Star Wars locations tour lately, right, buddy?
2: Yeah, I went to Yuma, where, they, um, where Luke Skywalker first ignited the green, uh, where they built the Sarlacc pit. And it was amazing. We paid this lady to um, take us out on, on like a Raptor or something, like a four-wheeled little Jeep. And so they've got like this, all these sand dunes, and there's like this village of all people that drive those little Jeeps. Like it's like where people go to like ride them. It's like a really sweet spot. And apparently, when they were filming Return of the Jedi, even back then, they were having real trouble keeping those Jeeps out of the shots because huh. there's just so many dudes. Going up and down, this is massive hill, and it's like the, like the big accomplishment to ride up this hill, and that's just opposite the Sarlacc pit. And we we like, we found, like actual foam pieces. Oh, that's of what the I was going to ask. Screws. Yeah, it was <clears throat> crazy. I couldn't like after they just left a lot of the stuff there. They just buried it. It was the '80s, and, I, I when I found a bit of the Sarlacc Guys, I was pretty happy.
0: I can imagine. I'd have been ecstatic.
1: Mm. It's crazy to think that this <laughs> yeah. long, uh, you know, after the filming, which was probably what, like 82? There's still stuff out there you can yeah. find. That's pretty crazy.
2: It's bizarre. But it's there. I've Like, I've got it in a cabinet, this foam. Um, like, I sort of sort of went off a few other websites where people found the stuff and we just once we found a bit of foam like it was hard to find like a good chunk like i mean like bigger than a fist but we found tons of like you know like uh like quarter sized bits of foam like okay once you find a little vein of it you just find so much of it Um, But it was amazing like just to be out there like you can just like if you look in the right direction like with those sand dunes like you are on Tatooine. Like it's so surreal that that if you just like like make a little like, you know, frame thing with your hands and it's just crazy. Even when I was on the freeway getting there and the dunes started coming up next to us, I just started giggling because it was just like this is incredible. This is it. Like it's like it's. That's where they filmed. It's 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 like being on another planet. And then the other week, I went out to Death Valley and checked out um, like the R two D two Canyon where he gets done in um, the the path to Jabba the Hut's palace that R two D two and C three P O go on. And what was the other one? You could see the M- Moss Isley, the lookout. Okay just one other thing oh, and the sand dunes, the sand dunes that R2 rolls over after you leave C3PO but yeah it's it's so cool to be able to go like when it's it's sort of like with that like the sand dune one, you know, the sand dunes move, so it's whatever. but when you match up the like the mountains in the background with a photo from the film, like that's bizarre like when you connect it it's mm-hmm. just like. Uh, um.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah I've always wanted to visit Tunisia and see like the Skywalker or the Lars family homestead and stuff and all that stuff that was out there for a while but I it's just not advisable to travel right there from what I understand like it's pretty uh hot territory as far as conflict goes so it's it's definitely one of those places I've always wanted to yeah and to be honest like Going out to the sand dunes in Yuma sounds cool, but like I have a hard time on the beach. I don't know how I would do in the damn desert. Like that one might, might, that one might be pretty tough for me to get out to. And could be the same situation with Tunisia as well.
2: Yeah, <laughs> what what do you mean just cuz of your chair or
1: Yeah, like on the beach, like you don't get any traction in a wheelchair. So like they they make special ah. beach chairs that you can, like, rent and stuff a lot of times. Like, when my sister and brother-in-law got married, my mom rented me a beach chair because they had, like, a, a beach wedding. And, like, I could get around on the beach and that, but it's it's not, you know, necessarily uh, financially possible just to buy one of those for, like, a, a beach trip every now and then. It's not like I'm always at the beach.
2: Yeah, because you could just... You know, you could ride out there, John. You know I mean, on the on right. the four by four. I'm
0: um, about to say, we then... yeah, just get you like a dune
2: buggy. But yeah, because you can't walk out there. You've got to like it's like a like maybe a mile that you've yeah. got to ride right. on this um thing, which is crazy. We went up to some of the like this sand dune where it felt like we were going to topple over, like. These people driving these buggies are pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like there was times when we were all looking at each other, just like, oh, "Are we gonna roll?" Because they sort of just go up these mounds like a wave. It's um, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit um, a bit prissy for such extreme uh, automotive <laughs> adventures. Uh, oh.
1: I have a funny story to tell you, Steele, related to that. My brother-in-law Goose, who's been on the show, I knew this story was going to have Goose, who we talk about it. all the time. <laughs> um, I think after
2: the last Dude, time, it, it's it's such a trope of the show. I've got a story. Is it about Goose? Yeah, it's about Goose.
1: Uh, so once I think after the last time you came on the podcast, Steel called or Steel Goose called me, and uh, he does it from time to time. Just to ask me a question about something that's on the podcast, or just chit chat about it. And he's like. Man, you know who I'd like to meet? I'd like to meet Steel. I'd like to take him out on my Razor, take him down to, what is it? What was that place he got? Mudslingers and drive him around in that. Which a Razor, by the way, buddy, is basically what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a awesome. It's a four-wheel death machine that Goose is crazy about <laughs> driving. And every time I've gotten on with it, gotten on him with it, it's fucking terrifying.
0: I'm talking about going up and down mountains, like vertically, almost. It's crazy.
2: Oh, man. It sounds like Goose wants to see me cry. <laughs> no. Nah, nah, man,
1: I like that steel. I'll tell you what. I'd have good old time with steel. I'll show him a real redneck time. Now he's going to hear that. Dude, I'd it would be, be, be fun. <laughs> no,
0: it'd be total fun. You know how much fun that would be?
2: ATVs, yeah, guns,
0: yeah, I, barbecue.
2: I'm sorry. I am such a wuss. I'd be, I'd be clinging <laughs> to him, but... <laughs> hold me goose hold me
1: he had a, a another funny thing over christmas uh i had my laptop out and i have one of your the force supreme stickers on and uh you know i'm not uh-huh. exactly a very fashionable guy and i knew i, I was familiar with the supreme logo but i didn't quite know what it was all about and goose was like i like that supreme logo did Steele do that? And I was like, yeah, he did. And he goes, oh man, you know what Supreme is? Sure. That shit's expensive.
2: <laughs> so I got a, a schooling yeah, on Supreme. Um, it's, it's the, the Louis Vuitton of skateboard clothing. It's, uh, quite a, quite a marketing phenomenon.
1: Well, anyway, guys, we, uh, we warmed up with a little star Wars location talk. We got a little star Wars news to discuss. Um, <clears throat> I guess the first one we'll talk about is, since we were talking about uh, Yuma, Arizona and the Sar- uh, SARlike Pit and whatnot, uh, Toy Fair was this past weekend. We got um, sort of a preview of some figures and stuff leading into Toy Fair, and then they announced a whole bunch of shit uh, this past weekend at Toys Fair. Showed off a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, we're not going to go through it one by one and discuss everything. If you want to hear a really interesting, um, discussion about it with someone that's involved with Hasbro, you guys should check out the latest episode of rogue one. We had, uh, Adam Stafford on and he's an intern at Hasbro. So he has some pretty neat insights about some of the stuff that was revealed and we go pretty in depth with everything. So
0: that's great.
2: Yeah. That that was a great episode. I listened to that yesterday.
1: Man, that Adam is such a nice dude. Uh, Wow. What a nice dude.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he came to um, our live show in New York. And, yeah, he was just so... He was such a cool dude to um, hang out with and have a beer with. He was, yeah, super nice. Very generous. Um, Anyway,
1: probably the biggest announcement um, that they showed off was this new... Concept that Hasbro is playing around with called the Hasbro Lab or Haslab. You can check it out at HasbroLab.com. They are finally releasing a three and three quarter inch scale Jabba's sail barge, and it's huge. It is the biggest Star Wars toy they've ever created. Um, over four feet long in length, cloth sails. Uh, panels that pop off. It comes with a Jabba. Just, it's an it's an incredible piece of Star Wars merchandise. Uh, and the way Hasbro Lab works is it's basically their version of crowdfunding. They're trying to pre sell five thousand of these, and if they hit that mark, they'll produce it, and everybody that backed the project will get it in like February of next year is what they're estimating. Um, the one they showed off at Toy Fair was an unfinished 3D printed prototype. The final version will be painted and weathered and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's impressive. It is also $500. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it seems. I guess you get like, what you pay for. It seems, it seems that way. It seems like you're getting a lot for that $500. Bucks. It's definitely the most expensive Hasbro product, I've, uh, at least Star Wars related, that I've seen them release yet. And uh, it's one of those things that people have been asking for forever. Um, so it's cool to see them finally, uh, you know, actually do something to try and get it to the people that want it. I uh, I pre-ordered mine today.
0: Was, was Hasbro yes. the one that, you pre-ordered it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, put nice. my order in today. Um what did did you get a look at this steel? I
2: imagine you did. Yeah, it's just staggering. Like I don't think you can really like fault it on the price and stuff. Like five hundred bucks, it's there's a lot of toy. It's four feet. Yeah. And 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 I it's you know definitely something when they used to do those Hasbro Q and A's and, you know, all the sites used to send in questions and stuff. And like Sail Barge was one of the, the ones that people always, you know, begged for. And, you know, it's, they just have to make 5,000 of them. And, you know, it's a specialty piece. I think if, that's, if you're collecting this stuff, it's a bit of a, I don't know, a must-get
1: Okay. Yeah, and I, I know a couple people that have already pre-ordered there. There's uh, Mike, Mike Pappas pre-ordered his. Um, I'm sure he's going to try to flip it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Brandon from the Kessel Toy Run also pre-ordered his. Um, so from what I understand reading about it, it's not 100% to scale. Not that this is a complaint. It's about 80% to scale. Um, which is totally fine. I mean, it's if it's four feet now, I can't imagine what that extra 20% would do. Um, but I, it's pretty impressive that they're doing it. It also, to me, uh, if this is successful, it makes me wonder what else they'll try to get out there through the Hasbro lab. Like I know, for instance, like a Black Series scale X-Wing to go with the TIE fighter they did is one that I hear a lot of people asking for. Um, I could see that maybe being something like that. I've seen people say like a Death Star playset would be cool. Playsets in general would be cool because it's not really something they do a lot of anymore.
0: This was the question I was going to ask earlier. Was Hasbro the one that did the giant G.I. Joe carrier?
1: Yes, yes. Hasbro did the USS flag. And I don't know the exact measurements on that thing, but I think that's still bigger than this.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought because... You know, that was their first venture into play sets. And apparently it was incredibly lucrative. So uh, I guess, you know, they're trying to duplicate that magic with these play sets.
2: Yeah, and one of the things... Hey, um... Yeah, good. Yes, can, can we just break for two secs? Are we Absolutely. back in like two minutes? Absolutely. Sorry, Ben. Wait. Um, so, Horst, you, you called me, or I called you. Right. Someone called someone. I was talking to you. Let's yes. not go into it. <laughs> and you were debate you, you were sort of weighing it up. What, what, what tipped your scales? Um, I'll tell you, it's the same thing that I told you when
1: I was talking to you. What, what sold me on the idea. At first, I was like, that's really cool. I would like to have that. I don't think I'm going to get it. And then on one of my Star Wars collecting Facebook groups, someone posted a picture of a custom one that they had had made by like some sort of custom toy maker. Mm. And it looked great. And it had the panels popped off the side and it was filled with figures like Max Rebo was in there. Anybody that was in that scene was in the, in the, um, the sail barge. And like, that was it. I was like, Oh, that's the potential for this thing. A really kick-ass diorama, basically. And I'm all about dioramas. And, um, then I started weighing it out and, uh, I talked to Jesse about it and she was like, if you want to get it, just get it. Like it's, it's going to be a year before it gets here. Um, which will suck. But if, if you really want to get it, you should get it. So this morning I, uh, did all the financials in my head and everything and made sure everything was cool and ordered it.
2: Nice. So The... Can- I, yeah, I just like if you've got if you've got the cash and you collect this stuff. Like I was like I don't collect. I've just got the set of the vintage figures, and I don't get any of the new ones. And I was sort of I was like, oh, I could get that and just set up vintage figures on it. It would be so sweet. But yeah, I just I think because I was. I was on the fence. And because I, I, I was telling you the other day, I've got a Lego one. Right. And I've got the Lego skiff. And Jackie gave me that. And so, like, I, I you know, how many sail barges can you have in your collection when you've just got a, a a pretty space-wise small collection? But it's, oh, my God, it's good. It's It's so good.
1: Yeah. And <clears throat> now I'm on this crazy mission. So after I pre-ordered it, then I started getting on eBay and stuff and looking at uh, figures for the cast of the sail barge, right? I'm, and now I got Johnny Grosso, who's literally watching Return of the Jedi right now as we record and texting me screenshots. Ooh, there, there, Oh, look, there's Face. Oh, look, there is a snaggletooth on his sail barge. Oh, there's some Jawas. So, it's going to be probably a year-long obsession and sickness. So, I'll try to keep the talk of it on the podcast to a so, minimum.
2: No, maximum. Keep it to a maximum. So, do you have... I don't hear you talk much about the three and three-quarter figures, hauls. Do you have many of them?
1: So, as far as the vintage line goes, I've got... I don't know, about 16 of them. Complete, loose. In, like, nice condition. Uh, I collect... So my entire three and three quarter inch collection got wiped out in a house fire when I was in high school and I stopped collecting Star Wars for a long time after that. It wasn't even basically when The Force Awakens uh, was coming out that I started collecting Star Wars like hardcore again. So a lot of the figures that would go in there like in that uh, sail barge I don't have um and i'm trying to debate like uh because they didn't make all of those characters in the vintage line um i'm trying to debate debate whether i want it to be solely vintage in there do i want it to be more modern stuff in there that'll look a little more um time appropriate with the ship i don't know i'm doing some
2: debating and some hard thinking about
1: too much thinking than i should be doing
2: yeah, I, I, I don't know about the... I, I never like it when they mix the figures.
1: Yeah, they... Like, I, I when want I it, see... That's where I'm leaning. I want it to be a little more uniform. So if it's going to be modern, it should all be modern figures. If it's going to be vintage, yeah, yeah, then I should yeah. stick with the vintage figures. Um, so that that's where I'm at right now. The problem with that is some of those vintage figures uh, that would go in the sail barge are almost as expensive as that sail barge at this point your yak faces oh really yeah yak face he's he's on java sail barge
2: um
1: oh the vintage yes yes yes
2: yes. yeah sorry sorry When for some reason when you said vintage i went to the vintage collection i was just thinking of that i think because i've got photos of it up but um yeah yak face he he's got some sting to him um
1: I did or I went ahead and ordered one figure for it and if I don't end up using it with the sail barge it was like 10 bucks on eBay it's not that big of a deal but I got the vintage collection R2D2 loose but he's got the drink tray that goes on his head and he also has the lightsaber hilt that you can put poking out of his head so the d- display
2: options are endless <laughs> oh well what about what about the you know how you can open the panels it it sounds like you're going to go for an open panel configuration i think so i believe
1: that is what i'm going to go with see see i'd be closed panels oh you think so well then you're not going to be able to see like the kick-ass little Jabba figure that's in there and all the detail on the inside i mean i guess i could display it closed and then as like the uh the big reveal when someone's checking it out, being like, yeah, I spent 500 bucks on this toy, y'all. Pop the panels off and there's a huge surprise.
0: Yeah, the cool reveal. Like, oh, you like that? Check this out.
1: (laughs) Three of the maybe 10 people that I know that would think that are cool are in this podcast right now, so. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Hey, I'm just going to pause again for two seconds.
1: All right. So, yeah, um, you know, it's it's definitely going to be my obsession for the next couple of years. And um, our buddy Steele here had an interesting tweet leading into Toy Fair that I thought was pretty um, prophetic. He said, could this be, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, could this be the the best Toy Fair for Star Wars in a while since it's so close to the release of a movie? And I'm gonna be honest i think this might have been the best toy fair for star wars in a long time
2: oh hell yeah and you know some people have i I think there's been a few things that maybe like leak or or maybe just you know give not a leak but you know give some clues to some things that's going to happen in the movie and i don't know i I sort of think it's worth worth those little things that you're probably going to work out anyway right but yeah, just to have that unified toy fair thing because it would destroy me every year how at San Diego Comic-Con they'd have these big toy panels and it would be like this ongoing, no, we can't say anything about episode whatever, you know, whatever the film's coming out next. And then almost like clockwork a week later, they'd just start being all these toy leaks online of like Hmm. carded figures and and Legos and that sort of stuff. So I'm... Like, I just like it when they realize that they're in the internet era and they should be harnessing the enthusiasm about these releases rather than having them trickle out, like, on these, you know, bizarre sites and stuff. Like, you know, they can control it. But I, I thought, yeah, Hasbro's showing was it – was, it was pretty compelling. There's some great stuff for uh, – um maybe not for prequel fans but for for most other eras there was uh a lot of oh this there's clone...
1: yes the um what was it commander wolf captain wolf the guy he's mm-hmm. he's one of the clones from clone wars looks really good um so oh speaking of uh hasbro and stuff so Last year, they had a vote on what character they should add to the Vintage line, the Vintage Collection line, and Dr. Afra won. Um, Blue Harvest listeners, the next time they have one of those, we got to vote in Kia D. Monday. Kia D. Monday. Yeah, man. Do you know how badass that would be? It's never going to happen. We're never going to see a Funko Kia D. We're never going to see a Vintage Collection or Black Series Kia D. But I would like to try see what we can do that would be so neat if we could all go on there and vote for kia d uh when the voting opens up because that's uh i'd I'd have furniture made out of those things i'd get so many of
2: them (laughs) he would be an awesome black series figure it's fun some these like figures get turned into that six inch like i really want to see a six inch jar jar I think it'd be so interesting with the technology they got now, how good they could make
1: it. That is true. Uh, And, you know, I know at some point it's been discussed. Should we do Jar Jar? And I'm sure when the discussion happens, there's people in the room that say, I don't think that would sell. But I'm telling you, I think a Jar Jar Black Series would sell. People, A, that like Jar Jar would buy it. And B, I think there would be a fair amount of like, Star Wars ironic purchases. You know what I mean? Like, oh, ha, ha Look what I did. I bought a Jar Jar figure.
2: I, yeah, I think like that. I collect the SH figure arts, the, the Japanese version of the black series, essentially. And they are really, they, they do a really good job, not only of the likenesses and the, just the detail, but it's spanning the whole saga. And like, no one puts out the amount of prequel figures that they do. It's crazy. They, they sort of, they, they just give an even spread to every film. Like they're bringing out, you know, Qui-Gon's and, you know, Padmé's and, and i Am- queen Amidala figures like pretty soon. So I would love for them to do a Jar Jar. It would just be so dope. I, I could do without the tongue. I'm sure they do like a, a click on tongue, like changeover <laughs> accessory. And, and I, I could do without that.
1: Um, Sh figure art line figures art, sh figure arts may be the first line I've ever seen in Star Wars that did a Jango Fett before a Boba Fett. Normally, you know, so, they kick out a Bo- Boba Fett, and then a little down the line, they're like, "Oh, well, we should do Jango as well."
2: Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? And that that Jango Fett, I don't have that one, but I don't hear it very well regarded. Like, they, they, I found this um Black Series, uh, not Black Series, SH Figure Arts sort of based podcast called The Dork And they sort of cover Star Wars toys, but they they sort of have a featured SH Figure Arts um, figure every week. And they cover all that news, a lot of Japanese news as well. And they reviewed it and they, they kind of dissed it pretty hard. Well,
1: I've got it. Um, It's in the package ah, right okay. now. Um my one complaint would be that you can't take his helmet off and see Tamora Morrison's face underneath the helmet. Um that yeah, would be that, my big complaint. That's,
2: that's slack for them. Really slack. Like normally you get like helmets, you know, normally you'd get the Django helmet click on, and then you get a Tamira Morrison head click on, and then a helmet he could like carry like yeah in my luke skywalker i got i got two faces and two haircuts yeah yeah it's two multiple haircuts, haircuts. Yeah, they- yeah so you can have <laughs> you can have what facial you want with what haircut that that's options oh wow
1: my favorite detail on that luke skywalker figure is that they included the swept hair from the skiff like, yeah. they, they oh, did his right. normal haircut and they were like, you know that image of Luke Skywalker on the skiff with his lightsaber that you've seen a billion times since Return of the Jedi? We got that hair for you. It's in the box. Click it on if you want. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I, I'm i pretty happy with Hasbro showing. I'm, you know, I'm a big Hasbro guy. I like the Black Series. Um, I'll, I'll say this. This is going to be the first... Force Friday, well it's Wookiee weekend, where I'm pretty sure it'll be impossible for me to afford everything that I would want to get because of all they're they're releasing way more stuff than I thought they would do do. They have at least one, if not two waves of Black Series figures. A wave of the regular three and three quarter inch figures, the return of the vintage collection figures is also coming out then. Um of course you got your vehicles i think the only vehicle they've announced so far is the millennium falcon which looks pretty cool um
2: and yeah i wasn't i wasn't i, I sort of understand it but it to me it's disappointing when it when it's not a proper open up the back face set version yeah it, it just doesn't do it for me at all um actually i wanted to
1: ask you one thing about hasbro and star wars you interviewed a gentleman i believe at comic-con last year who is the toy designer i can't remember his name but he's designed every Uh, millennium falcon that they've
2: released yeah mark mark bidot
1: yes he is also the designer of the sail barge he is the guy that designed the this new sail barge that comes out that's a nice little bit of star wars trivia for you guys
2: mark is just an og designed the kenner millennium falcon than every other falcon and i saw one photo of the unveiling of the sail barge and i could just see mark in the background with just this like glorious grin like because you know he's just this you know such an enthusiastic toy designer and yeah, just see the the look of glee on his face on the background as people, you know, if you've ever been to one of those things, me and Jackie always laugh at the, at the panels when they reveal a figure picture and everyone's like, ooh, ah, <laughs> like the the noise across the room. But you could just see like the creator of the sail barge in the background just relishing how much <laughs> all these uh, grown men are like gushing over this toy. Hey, so this is this. This doesn't have got its paint thing on it, does it?
1: No. The the body of the sail barge, is that what you're talking about?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: It is unpainted prototype. That was 3D printed, so it's not going to be all oh. one gray color. They said the final version will be fully painted and weathered, which is a pretty Oh, okay.
2: All right. All right. All right. All right. If you are on the fence of getting this, just get it because... When it comes back painted, you are going to be bombing. I I think it's going to look like when you see that, because I was just looking at these photos and you can see some bits that have colored and like even the Jabba that you get with it, that's painted up. Like he just looks so vibrant in there. And yeah, yeah, I think when it's painted up, people are going to be um, pretty regretful. Don't, you know, if, you know, if sometimes in life you have to just go, things are out of my realm. You know, it, it, I just don't have the money now. That's fine, and I'd, I'd never, you know, your family and your life comes first. But if, if you do have budget for this, I, and, and you're on the fence, I think, I think a get it, because I think when it comes and it's going to be all painted, it's going to look like pretty good. And the weird thing wow. is, is that you have this. Like definite finite amount of them, yeah. Like I know, I know, I know. Pappas is um, warehousing some or something <laughs> in, in the hopes that the street price will skyrocket. Uh, I would not be
1: surprised. So um, I don't know if it was on Rogue One or the Sith list this week because I also recorded with those dudes this week. But I was comparing it to, you know, that eight hundred dollar Lego Millennium Falcon that they uh re-released this year. It sold out immediately and then was selling for like two grand on eBay and people were actually buying yeah. it for that much. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if this is bigger than that because <clears throat> um I don't know. People are crazy about that Lego stuff. But I would imagine there's more than five thousand of those Lego sets out. I don't know the specific number of how many they made. But I think it might be more than five thousand, um,
2: and yeah, and, and I've, <laughs> I've seen a, like a, little bit, a bit of negativity about. I saw some, you know, hot take that was they're crowdfunding Star Wars toys now. Star Wars is dying or something, and that's one way to take it. Or it's by releasing one toy hasbro turned over two and a half million dollars like and like there's no stock left over it's a pretty sweet deal and the markup's going to be way better because they're selling it direct Like they're not you know that's how if they had to sell it through a store it would be way more but because they they're not putting a middleman you get a better deal
1: yeah and by the way that five hundred dollars does not include shipping they let you know that up front too so, How much is the shipping? I do not know. Um, oh, wow. You know, <clears throat> but the thing is, is if they release that in stores, you know, there would be, of course, people like, let's say that came out on Force Friday next year. There would definitely be people that would go out and buy it. But do you know how many of those would sit on the shelves? That is not a target toy you know what i mean that's not a walmart toy or even a toys or us toy like that's that's the kind of thing like if you and and they have gotten a lot of requests for it like we're saying if you want this then it's going to be a specialty item so you know it is very expensive but it is very cool um and makes
0: me think of like you know in a in the like in jfk's office there was a model a ship you know, in like a CEO's office, they could have you know a, a model sailboat or whatever. If if it were my CEO office, this is what I'd have in there. I'd have Java's sail barge.
2: Nice, nice. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So <clears throat> the um and 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 Mattel used to do that with that Matty collector. You could like, you know, sort of online buy like really rare, like Masters of the Universe reissues and stuff like that. So, I think it's um. I think it's, like, if it gets these crazy items into the hands of collectors, I think it's good. And I I would love, like, I wouldn't be a buyer, but, like, I'd love to see a Death Star, like, play set, like a modern take on it. I'd I'd also like to see, I don't think we will now ever, or not for 10 years because we've got the Sail Barge, but I would always love to see a Jabba's Sail I mean, a job is um the actual palace. Yeah. I always love seeing like yeah. photos of when people have made dioramas. I'm always like, like, are oh, you got a good, you got a good um palace? Like that's like the definition of a great Star Wars diorama. If you got your palace down.
1: <laughs> I um, so before we move on, I have a pretty crazy idea for the eventual display of this thing. Right where I think I'm going to do a full-on diorama. uh, And it just depends on my own personal diorama skills, on what I can uh, pull off, but I'm thinking full-on either foam or actual sand for the base, Sarlacc pit, and the skiff. And just have... the, the, The scene I think I would like to do is just moments before R2 shoots the saber to, um, uh, Luke. So have Luke on the end of the skiff about to be pushed in R2 on top of the sail barge with the lightsaber sticking out of his dome and you know, all the crazy people in Java's palace. I think I would look at that every day and it would give me so much fucking joy that I'd be like, wow, that's a little piece of star Wars in my house. You'd,
0: you'd sit in front of that and drink your morning coffee.
1: Yeah. yeah my, my morning Mio um, but yeah, like I said, I've never built a diorama, so this could be a colossal failure, but I have ideas and sketches for it already.
2: Oh, nice. Do you have a skiff yet?
1: So I was looking at them and I want to find one that looks decently in scale to this. I know they made the vintage skiff, which is really nice. I, I don't have one. I've seen them in person a few times and they're really cool. Um, they also put some out a little more recently where you can basically buy uh, a set that's the skiff with Luke and Han and Lando and his skiff guard gear and stuff. So maybe one of those would work.
2: Um, yeah. And that, that, didn't they do one where it sort of had a Sarlacc with it?
1: Yes. I've seen that. And it, it the Sarlacc looks pretty cool the thing is is it's the sarlacc is sort of molded into sort of hard plastic sand um Ah. so i would either have to be able to put it into the diorama to where it it looked because i wouldn't want it to stick out i would want it to look continuous or in some Mm. way detach the sarlacc monster from that plastic display piece
2: Okay, because I've, I've got to find like an aquarium or something because I've got the Lego one and then I've got the Lego Skiff and the Lego Sarlacc. And when I went to Yuma, yeah, I was such an idiot that I got a big container of Sarlacc pit sand and brought it back with me to put oh, it at the bottom smart. of my Lego diorama. See,
1: that's I like the way you that's think, so buddy. That's so smart. That's the way I, I like the way you think and then you know if i decide to go with real sand which is what johnny grasso is trying to push me towards he thinks real hey, sand practical
2: effects horse. yeah get, get jj on this he uh, the
1: it would be the containment of the sand so i'm sure i could figure basically i would just have to build or find uh, an appropriately sized indoor sandbox for lack of a better term
2: yeah dude that's a big box yeah <laughs> i mean, yeah, it
1: is. It's it's a real big box. Look, this could be the thing you, where I get it, and I'm like, oh, this is way bigger than I even imagined.
2: Yeah, I, I almost think it's so big that maybe it's like it's too big to diorama. Like you just use the the thing as a playset, and you just have the figures on that, and maybe have a skiff next to it. Like it, it's four foot long. Like, unless you get, like, an old aquarium or something. Like, right. You know, you look on Craigslist for that. Like, because then the sand just sits in there no sweat. But, you know, you need, like, a five-foot aquarium, which is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. That is. It's,
1: it, like I said, these are just things I'm thinking of, it, you know.
2: But, dude, these are the problems you've dreamt of having for exactly, 20 years.
1: Exactly. Um, So um speaking of comic-con which we'll circle back around to that um you've been the last two years three years at this point now um
2: yeah since
1: 2015? the year before
2: 14. the no 2014 and then i went maybe 2012 or something but yeah because i remember going 2014 and just saying to jackie i'm like i can't wait next year's the Star Wars year. Like, cause I love comic con. Right. But to have like where, where Star Wars is going to be the star of the show. And boy, was it with that force awakens one and the concert afterwards. But, um, yeah. So it's sort of, you know, it's a, like, it's a bummer that we're not having these Star Wars heavy comic cons. Um, you know, at least this year. And unless there's, I don't know, something very shocking going on, Um, you know, with an animation announcement. But I'm hearing they're not going to announce any animation until Celebration. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, Comic-Con's the best.
1: See, that's what I was going to bring up, is I don't think we're in for a very Star Wars heavy Comic-Con this year. Because Solo will already be out, and Episode Nine will just be
2: shooting at that point um because yeah but, oh, but but hopefully sorry that next year we get like JJ does one he gets back to basics and hopefully he doesn't go to D23 and do the the showcase thing which is pretty soft but that would be great to sort of you know have that closure with having JJ doing the the comic con panel that would be sick
1: i'm really looking forward to, and have already started working on Mr. Will Witten here for celebration next year.
0: Yeah, um, you know it.
1: Yes. I think that's going to be a big one. Um, you know, a, it's the, the end of the sequel trilogy celebration. Uh, I'm really hoping that JJ takes a page out of the wonderful Ryan Johnson playbook and comes and visits the crowd in the overnight line because I missed the opportunity to meet Ryan Johnson at Celebration, I will not miss the opportunity to meet J.J. Abrams. I, I owe that dude a hug for Lost, even though you know he <laughs> kind of stepped out towards the middle. But still, um, my only Celebration regret is not getting in line to meet Ryan. So I won't let that shit happen again.
2: <laughs> the um, I I I hope it's sort of like well, the last director did this. So J.J. Abrams is like, all right, fine, I'll camp out with them. How they like
1: that? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I think Celebration next year is going to be pretty special. But until then, I don't know that we're in for a big Star Wars-related con after Solo. Um, it's just, I don't see what they would be there to promote. I, does I mean, no matter what, Lucasfilm has some sort of booth or space at comic-con but would they even do that this year i don't know
2: oh yeah no the you can't stop the machine i got you cannot stop the machine and they have like a their lucasfilm pavilion so you know i think forever definitely since i've been going and probably years before they they rent out sort of like like the main sort of big square space like when you come in and then they they so they have a big themed pavilion and then they sublet like spaces in that to licensees. Oh. So you'll have like you have like EFX, you'll have Hallmark, you'll have Her Universe, you have Petco, um, you know Nixon Watches, Tops, that Land Speeder deal, the the you know, the, the kids ride, and then all the books and the you know the the games, the strategy games. So they They sort of, so it's just like a giant sort of Star Wars section. And then next to that is like Hasbro and um, the Hasbro sort of the shop as well. So they'll be there. Um, But yeah, it's going to be a weird thing because they're not even promoting
1: Rebels. Yeah, that's, I mean, it seems like we're going to, I mean, I, I know we'll always have Star Wars stuff to talk about there'll be things happening but it seems like star wars just f- in terms of w- the stuff we've been getting since the force awakens is going to go a little quiet after solo as far as big promotion <laughs> events and stuff through at least the end of the year
2: yeah like i don't even know like it's july could they be promoting the solo blu-ray by then like it's look like, it's it's weird to think that they're not going to have a key product
1: they may make some sort of announcement for that. I, I think that's still too early to release it. Um,
2: it's typically I oh, know, but yeah, just but just to sell like just to have on the big screen, like just something coming soon. Like I could see that. You know, we've we've got money whores. We've got to get rid of it.
1: And then, you know, maybe I I don't see them having a panel, but maybe they announce a spin off or something around that time. I would imagine we're not terribly far away from an announcement for whatever the movie after episode nine is going to be, because Ooh. I would imagine that would have to start filming around this time next year. And they seem to announce them a fair bit ahead of the actual start of fi- filming. So, you know, if it's going to come yeah. out in 2020, it's got to be filming by next year sometime.
2: Well, they don't even have big announcements anymore. They just post something on star wars.com and yeah, um, there's just a press release. So, but they do have the Friday is traditionally star Wars day. And they have like one of the sort of bigger, like, a, I don't know, maybe like a thousand seater room and they'll have like, they normally have like a star Wars craft thing, like origami or something. And then they'll have like Hasbro. Then they'll have collector like general collectors. Like, so all the licensees and then they'll have like a novels panel, and so there is, you know, moderate Star Wars info, but it's a bit more, you know, sort of low key. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that's like maybe where would they do like book announcements and things like that. They'll be like, hey, yeah. There's a sequel to the Thrawn book coming. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, well, speaking of episode nine and the wait for episode nine, JJ Abrams was on uh the Colbert show this week. Mm-hmm. And was talking to Stephen Colbert about when he got the job for The Force Awakens. Apparently, he called Stephen Colbert and asked to come over to his office and drink. um, And was a little worried about it uh, when he took the job. Which I thought was a cute (laughs) little story. Um, And then he said that they have a script. And that it's an interesting situation for him because... He's not used to having a script this far out from production. He's more used to the script being done and then they're pretty much going right into production. And he gave a late July start for filming. So Mm. it's crazy that we're only three years, not even three full years out from the first movie of this trilogy and we're already talking about the, the production of the last one on
2: the in the trilogy it's so weird it's so weird um but um hopefully you know if it's done this far out that you know there's lots of times to revol- to oh wow
1: dharma does not agree she d- <laughs> hold on hey, hey dharma. dharma oh my goodness she takes talk about JJ very seriously, you know, I reckon. Not, um, yeah, uh, you're saying you hope it's enough time to. Um,
2: well, just they, they 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 you know they refine it and find you know really pick over it with a fine tooth comb, and also, which was a bit of a problem I think with the Force Awakens was when they change stuff, make sure they change everything to do with that thing. I know what you mean, I know what you mean
1: Um, It's just, it's still crazy to me Like, the the trilogy I never thought we'd get is Almost done, like,
2: already mm. Um, uh, Like, you know, some people aren't that high on JJ coming back to do it I'm pretty excited And I, I think even if you're not that into it. I think it's interesting just to see, like, just to answer what a second J.J. Abrams Star Wars film was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, John, you know I mean, he had, you know, oh, yeah, it it was so, you know, such in the pattern of a New Hope, and that, you know, there's definitely so many echoes. But you know, it's sort of like, you know, easy to explain because you know they had to reestablish it, and it's. You know, it's it's a reboot sequel sort of thing. It's a very weird sort of movie, and now he doesn't. He's not bound to any of that. So, what does he do? And and also, just him finishing a story. It's like, let's see it, buddy. Let's see it.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm. I will not try to play cool. I was immeasurably stoked when JJ came back. I was. Stoked when he got hired. I'm a big JJ guy. Uh, So, you know, the announcement of him coming back, especially over Colin Trevorrow, was mm, A plus news for me. Uh, I think
0: one of the reasons he had to come back was because everybody would have asked themselves that question. What would it have been like if JJ had come back and done the last one? You
1: know? Yeah. Oh, I'm, uh, you know, and I'm sure, you know, I, I wonder how much of it, like, I know if. If, you know, I got hired to do episode seven and I put out The Force Awakens and one of the major discourse was like he just copied the first Star Wars movie and and that whole thing that blew up. I would almost, you know, be even more enticed on coming back to be like, oh, yeah, I just copied it. Well, look at this. I didn't copy. Copied it. Well, check these out. Hopefully that's the case. And he's just not sitting in his office going, okay. I know it seems really hard, but there's some way I can take the end of The Last Jedi and turn it into Return of the Jedi. I know I can do this somehow. Get me Chris Terrio. Which I, I don't think it is. He's even spoken about that in interviews and stuff, but I uh you know, I'm I'm excited, I'm a little anxious, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. Uh what do you feel, Steele, about Further stories with this. Do you want an episode 10, 11, 12, sometime after episode 9? Or would you just prefer that to be it? And then, you know, we take a very long break before the next trilogy? Or would you like a shorter break?
2: I want my prediction to come true just so I will seem, like, very wise. And on our prediction show at the start of the year, my prediction was that JJ was going to announce... That he split it into two films, but it doesn't—it <laughs> doesn't look like that's going to happen. But that was like—that uh, was my, like, I was sort of like, I want to get one that, if it comes true, people are just going to be like, "Wow, that's crazy," <laughs> and you know, sometimes when you do that, you um, you also crash and burn. But I think it would be cool to wrap it up and then give it ten years and let everyone go do what, you know, they need to do in the acting world, you know, Daisy Ridley and whatnot. And I think Daisy Ridley's maybe up for a bit of a break of, you know, the star Wars, the, like the intensity of it. Right. So, and yeah, cause I always had that thing and I asked John Boyega about it and he sort of brushed it off. But when they came out for the force awakens panel with Bresnikan, and it was, you know, the new, you know, Daisy and, and John, and then they brought out the the legacy guys. If they were sort of looking at them going, oh my God, that's gonna be me in 30 years. Like it's like, you know, in 30 years' time, it's gonna be like Finn's back and Ray's back. Yay! It's it's the return, the return of the Jedi. But um you know, they have done that trilogy cycle. So I think it'd be cool to have a break. And, you know, we've already got, you know, three Ryan films, who knows how many Game of Thrones films and, you know, whatever, you know, do that for a bit and then go back and, I don't know, give those characters time to totally reset and we can see them in like really fresh stories. Right. And then we can get really mad that, you know, Ray let us down as a hero and stuff like that.
1: (laughs) The one thing I would say the main, well, besides the fact that I just want more and more star Wars, one of the main things I would like about a sequel to the (laughs) sequel trilogy is that it would give us, because, you know, this new, this sequel trilogy now is very much a sort of passing of the torch story. It's very obviously that, but I still feel like these new characters deserve their own focused trilogy and you know maybe it includes them passing the torch on to the generation after that but like you know i love seeing han solo i love seeing luke skywalker but when han solo and luke skywalker are there they are very easy for me to just focus on them you know what i mean and i know in episode nine that's going to be less of a thing for sure but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want to see these guys carry their own trilogy without, you know, having a Luke Skywalker, a Han Solo there,
2: or Princess Leia. Yeah, I, it's. I, I sort of think you know people get really angry about like, oh, all our heroes they're gone and stuff, and it's like you're kind of taking it for granted that they came back at all, right? Right. Like, there was a time
0: it, where that wasn't ever going to happen.
2: Exactly, and. It's, it's like they they do have to move on to these new people. Like, I'm not sure, you know, what you guys, you know, what your level of professional wrestling knowledge is. But when you've got these new, you know, you, you've got your, um, you know, like your big characters. So like right now, you know, like John Cena or something like that. And then you've got someone else that's like really hot, a new character, and you've sort of got, it's, if the company like pushes them to the top and exploits them and makes them the focus of the storyline, well then they could really catch on and sell a lot of merchandise and, you know, make the company money for years. But John, I mean, if you never put that person in that top spot because it's like, well, we've got John Cena, we've got John Cena, then you're sort of like limiting the money you can make with them. And, you know, maybe John Cena will get really stale, it would be
0: like trying to make your main guy Ric Flair this whole time.
2: Yeah. And you, at a certain like, point you're like, okay, like
0: he's past and, his and,
2: prime. Yeah. And if like Ray was in the background for two movies and then she's the star of the next one, it's like, why is that background? Like, why is she now the main character? Right, so you yeah. sort of have to book her. So, you know, she is the star of the show, and you know, you're 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 sort of veterans. Um you know, as a sort of scene as such. So I think that all that, you know, obviously all that, any any sort of real anger about star Wars is silly. Um, unless it's something quite abhorrent, but if, you know, the whole thing about, Oh, they have wasted the characters. It's like, dude, you got a full Han Solo film and like a Luke Skywalker one as well. Like there's, there's like these guys, I said to someone on Twitter the other day, it's like, you are tripping if you think you're getting Harrison Ford to sign up for three of these movies.
1: Oh, to me, like going back in, in, into the earlier episodes of Blue Harvest, like we didn't, Will and I weren't into spoilers, but we always said, I bet you Han dies in this. I bet you he came back for one movie. And that's just that's from-
0: the, the reason he came back was so that he could die. That's why <laughs> Harrison
1: Ford came back to play Han Solo. I, I would agree with that, but then I watch. That documentary for The Force Awakens on his last day of shooting when JJ is, um, uh, like saying, you know, like giving a speech about Harrison Ford and stuff. And, uh, the dude playing Chewy goes in and hugs him. And he, Harrison Ford, in a surprising display of emotion, looks like he's about to start crying. I lose it every time myself when I see that part.
0: And um, another, another thing is when he's talking to, um, Adam driver right before the scene where he dies. He's like, look what we get to do. You know, yeah. look how, you know, that's that, that shows he has the proper respect for it. But I, I, I know, I just knew that Harrison Ford has been trying to kill Han Solo since Return you know, of the a Jedi. new hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I, you know, I don't, the one, one of those arguments that I really don't understand is how the characters are wasted or we didn't get enough of them or something. Um, I could definitely have done with a little more Leia between seven and eight. Um, But as far as Han Solo and Luke goes, like, to be honest, when I first heard the sequel trilogy, I thought they would, if they even came back, I thought they would be relegated to cameos at best. So I was more than happy with the amount that we got from those characters.
2: Yeah, I always imagined it would be like, if they were in it, it'd be like, good luck on your mission. Yeah, see you later. (laughs) <laughs> and then, all
0: these, all these people that are disappointed wanted the three of them bouncing around in the Millennium Falcon, saving the day for the new guys, which that's not how it's going to work.
1: Which if, if, you know, they started the sequel trilogy in 1995 or, you know, something like that instead of 2015, right. m- maybe we have, would have gotten that. But, right. you know, when 30 years has passed, basically, you, you know, and, the only
0: reason you bring them back is, to you know, hand the keys over. Keys of the Kingdom.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Will we've heard uh, Steele's uh, prediction for episode nine? Give me a crazy episode nine prediction. What do you think, buddy?
0: Crazy episode nine prediction? Um,
1: Plot develop, uh production, anything like that?
0: Um. Oh my goodness! You have stumped me.
1: Uh, Finn's a Jedi. Ooh. Oh, gosh. That'd be quite the the twist.
0: What a twist.
1: Yeah, that would be quite the twist. Um, Hey, Steel, you also went into The Force Awakens fairly spoiler-free, correct? Yes, sir. Did the, the quote-unquote misdirection that they were doing in the marketing, like in the Drew Struzan poster showing Finn holding the blue lightsaber, or you know having him in the trailer in the lightsaber fight, did that work on you or did you know no this is all about ray ray is gonna be the one because i remember back in the day being like this is clearly misdirection like they want us to think this is like the big new main character hero because he's got the lightsaber and stuff but it's it's the ray character
2: yeah i think i i was pretty sucked into it but then and, and this is the this is the thing about the bad publicity you know that that's how I found out about you guys it was when Hasbro made a big fuss because someone posted uh a figure of Ray that was in a Walmart mm-hmm. and it had a and it was like the the Jedi steps figure I think and it came with a lightsaber and and Hasbro or their lawyers or something was like telling them to like a site to take it down and it's like, they bought the toy in a Walmart.
1: Yeah, that's like, not their fault. <laughs> that's you yeah. guys' fault for letting that get and, out there That like that. Yeah,
2: and I sort of quizzed them about it on one of the interviews I've done with them, and they were sort of like, oh, it was sort of just overzealous lawyers and stuff. And because I'm just like, you yeah, know, that's crazy. Like, you guys sold it. That's like, that's your mistake. You have to wear it. And and yeah, ironically, only because they made a fuss about it was that I got the spoiler. So you know, thanks.
1: I avoided that, and I avoided it deftly because Jesse went to a Walmart, and um, she's an excellent fiance and will call me from the the Star Wars section and be like, "Do you have this? Like, they've got this figure and whatnot." And she called me, and this is like maybe a week, two weeks before the Force Awakens ca- came out, and she was like. Uh, there's a figure here that's got something with it that I think is a spoiler, and I was like, Don't tell me. And she was like, Are you sure you don't want to know because it's pretty big? And it was that Ray figure.
2: Wow, Jesse, I'm very impressed. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was that, and, and there was, I think, was it a, a car commercial or there was something where the um. A little girl came out and she got a lightsaber chucked to her in the the front yard of her house. I remember I commercial? think that was a Walmart commercial. I I vaguely oh, remember. It? Oh, it may not. It was either a Walmart commercial or a batteries commercial.
1: Yeah,
2: I've got a feeling it was batteries. And I remember like debating on the podcast going, you know, they might just be going. You know, you can use a lightsaber too. Or maybe in retrospect, it's a major spoiler. And it turns out it was. But they just played it so innocently that you didn't know. Like if it was just a, a scenario in the ad or what. Yeah. Yeah, that's... um.
1: Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember that, too. Like, the, are they fighting in the snow, like, out in front of their house? It's like a snowy day, and her and her brother are playing Star Wars or something? I kind of remember that. I
2: feel like that, yeah. <clears throat>
1: um. Well, the uh, the final thing that we sort of wanted to talk about this evening is this week's Rebels. I actually got Will to watch Rebels. I called him today to make sure he had a way to watch it. I was going to offer up some usernames and passwords in in case he couldn't. Um
2: and, and I, I found I, it.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a pretty oh, important and
2: I, I I have to <coughs> so I have to say Horst Burkhart has got some of the sweetest username and passwords. Oh, doesn't he though? <laughs> classic. Man, they are so they are legit. They're legit. Let me give some background
1: to this. Not I'm not going to give them out, but my buddy seal here was on Twitter one day saying, Hey, is there anywhere on the internet to watch Monday night football? This was back when the last Jedi was coming out, um, the trailer, uh, cause he wanted to do a live reaction to it and a call in show, I believe, right? You had this whole big content barrage planned around the release of the trailer. Um, so I messaged yeah. him and said, Hey, if you have, Um, you know, some sort of device that gets the ESPN app, I can give you my username and password, and I think you can watch it there. And I even put, like, when I typed the message to him, I said, but you got to promise not to make fun of my goofy username and password. And it's too much to ask of somebody. (laughs) I realize it's way too much It's a much too much.
2: (laughs) It's so good. Every time I type it in, it's just like, I feel like, like, just throwing up the uh, the Satan sign and just, I wish I had longer hair to rock out with.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. It, it, it's, it's, I've got, I've got a very
1: unfortunate, like, not the podcast email, but my personal email. And it's one of those things where I've had that Gmail account since, like, 2004 when Gmail first started and I got a beta invite. And, like... <clears throat> All the time, I'm like, I should really start a new email address, but it's been going for so long. I don't know. I don't want to go through the hassle of trying to tell, because I, I do a lot, quite a bit of email for work and stuff. Yeah, that's right, Steele. I send in work for my job from that email address, so um, <laughs> it's a real good look. I realize, and oh, the, you, you took it light on me uh, compared to Amanda Ward. I had to give her my email address for something related to getting on the network when they added Blue Harvest to the network, and she was like, "I'm never talking to you again." Are you serious? That's your email address? Like, just (laughs) giving me shit. She wasn't being serious, but yeah, it's it's pretty goofy.
2: She she can be so nasty when those calls come out. Um.
1: But yeah, so Will, watch these two episodes of Rebels. I know my buddy Steele has seen them, as have I. Um, Will, why don't we start with you? What did you think? Hey, I... Oh.
2: What were you going to say, buddy? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, with that coat, like, I was shocked to learn you can watch live on, like, on the East Coast feed. Yeah. Like on the Apple TV. So I can watch at the same time as you guys. Yeah. Like oh, nice. I, am just so impressed with technology. I don't know what happens during the ads though. Does it just go to Disney ads or what?
1: Um, I think they well, sort of have pre-pro like when you're because wa- I watched um Rebels live with the app. I didn't watch it on cable. Um, and I think they just sort of have pre-programmed ads. I don't think they're the same ones as on broadcast. But I don't know that you know exactly for sure.
2: Um, okay, so it's not exactly simulcast. It's just like we're showing the same show at about the same time.
1: Yeah, they basically. Is that more it? Yeah, they basically put it up when it would go up on the East Coast feed, and then, um, you know, if you just happen to be watching at the same time as someone on cable, it'll probably sync up minus the ads.
2: I uh, know, oh, but no, but there's actually a live feed. Like you could, there's, there's a button at the top where it says live and it's what's on now.
1: Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Maybe my version of that Disney app doesn't have that. Mine is sort of, cause it's, it's not an Apple TV. It's whatever service is built into my smart TV. Um, oh. and it's, it's more of like an on demand system where you just go and pick an episode and it plays and there are ad breaks and stuff, but
2: yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, we've got that as well, but there's, yeah, there's a live button and then it comes up with the thing. It's like five thirty, six thirty, and it just, so if you click on live now, it will, it'll, you know, be in the middle of a show. Huh?
1: So maybe it is the same ads and stuff then.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So will
1: buddy Jedi Knight and doom were the two episodes I had you watch today. And you're, um, Basically familiar with rebels, you know all the important information about rebels. I, I know, I know the highlights. Yeah. What did you think about these two episodes?
0: I thought that they were sad, and they foretold an end. Not quite sure what the end end is, but it's coming. Um, there's a definite definite feeling of closure about it, uh, and it was sad. You know, I, it, that's all I can really say.
1: It definitely feels like they're ramping up towards the end game of this series because we've got. You know, two more nights of rebels basically before it's all done.
0: Real awesome name drop for Krennic was in there.
1: Uh, an awesome name drop, but yes, also, I also feel like it's a little. Uh, why not just have Krennic in there? Like, why right. not a sweet Krennic cameo of some point sort?
0: Like, I bet that's all. If it were more, I'm sure he'd be a cool villain. But you know, I don't think they have time for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I sort of now that they've, you know, cause he got sizzled in that trailer and I was kind of like, I I think it was sort of dumb to put his name in the trailer if he's not going to be in there, but I don't really think when you watch those two episodes, you sort of realize this isn't his story. This is his count. This is the opposite of his story. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he's, he's, you know, he's trying to build this, the opposing thing to what Thrawn's working on. Um, so I, I, like those little revelations of, you know, the fuel thing blowing up and that's what canceled that and, and pushed on the efforts to the death star. I thought they were cool little, you know, I'm pretty judgmental of the little connections, but I I actually found that I, I thought it, they, they slided that in pretty uh, swiftly. I, I
0: felt the same way. I thought it was neat and appropriate the way it was done because it's like in in the, the way it's all tied in. You know that's how Kanan accomplishes the mission, which shuts down Thrall Thrawn's whole plans for the Defender Fleet, I guess, uh, and gives the go ahead for the Stardust. You know, like
1: <coughs> yeah, I thought the story element was really cool. I just what like sets to the
0: gears in motion.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would have just liked to have seen Krennic, um, but what's Steel saying makes you know total sense. It's just I'm one of those guys that. Unless it's like a Ponda Baba cameo, um, I'm sort of down for any characters that they can work in to sort of tie things together. You know what?
0: I'm down for Krennic in there as long as it's Ben Mendelsohn doing his voice.
1: They're really good about doing that on Rebels as far as getting the, when they can, getting the actors that portrayed that character to do the voice. I mean, Ian McDermott's coming back to do The Emperor. That's a pretty big deal, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, Frank Oz is Yoda, uh, Forrest Whitaker is Saw.
2: Billy d is Lando. It was so weird to hear Ian McDermott say Ezra Bridger,
1: right? Do you think right, that is? Weird. Do you think he went in and who was and was like, who the fuck is Ezra Bridger? Or you know, um, they...
2: DJ from the new film. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: what did you think, Steele, about the episodes?
2: Um, the, the first one was maybe my favorite episode that they've done. I thought it was awesome. I thought the way, um, Kanan died was, was really cool. Um, you know, pushing back the explosion and Hera, um, you know, I thought maybe a little bit weird that like Ezra was sort of, I don't know, kind of just standing there or just sitting there or something that was because he was on the ship, yeah,
1: yeah, and
2: I, you know,
1: yeah, I know what you mean, like com- he didn't really he just sort of stood there and let it happen. I can understand yeah. you thinking that's a little weird, um
2: but um, yeah, a little nitpick that but i I you know i I wasn't ready to like I was more emotional about it than I thought I would be, like you know, just it was like it was a very noble end. Um, And then the next episode I thought was pretty good, but Zeb, like, they just don't know what that character is. Like, his best friend has died, and then he sees this, whatever the Warwick Davis character is, and he's like Scooby-Dooing. Like, he's like, (laughs) oh, the eyes are scary. And then two minutes later, he's beating him to a pulp, which was... Like pretty funny, but just the the character swings just were not true to anyone that had just, you know, you think you'd be like, he's crying about how this dude's creepy. It's like, shouldn't you be amped up that your friend, you know, just died. And then, and then all of a sudden he is, and he's like beating him up and it's, it's uneven. It's like, it's like two different characters And then the whole thing, how they sent him back painted, was just like, just let him get away. Like, it was so flaccid. And if that character comes back and does something bad to them in the future, it's just like, you guys are idiots. Yeah, it's kind of like a whole Batman thing. Like, I'll beat the shit out of you, but I will not kill you. Yeah, it just... Like, they just sort of had him get away or something like that. The whole, just like, we're just sending you back and it's a goofy prank. Yeah. Um,
1: it, when you compare, like when you sit down and watch them together, it's like, okay, they just did something pretty heavy. Like I thought, you know, the Jedi Knight episode was pretty excellent. I thought Kanan was great. I thought Hera was great. Like, honestly, I have really no complaints about any of the characters in that episode. Um, and then right after that, they're like, Oh, we're gonna send them a message. We're gonna paint this guy. This is what you get. You killed our friend, we're gonna paint your friend. I get that. I get the uh like it's a little weird. It's a little uneven, sort of the emotions that Zeb specifically seems to go through in that episode. Um and and you know, look, I I I'm not wanting my heroes to beat this dude to death either. Like I know that's not the way you go, especially for the age rating and stuff. This show is, but yeah, they could have handled
2: that better. Absolutely.
1: Now beat like, him
0: up and throw him in a garbage chute. That'd be better than sending him back painted.
2: Oh no, more garbage shoots, please. Um, <laughs> just maybe if he was like beating him up, and then Sabine said stop, and then you know they sort of. You know, had some emotional moment, and he just, like, scooted away then. Like, but, yeah, just the pain. It just seemed a bit too... He was kidding. Like, office prank sort yeah. of thing. This is
0: how we're going to get back at you.
1: It's like what you do to your friend when he passes out at your house after a party. You draw over him with and handship. Yeah, hand shit get like- him.
2: <laughs> just get... Oh man, that is yeah, just get some giant dicks going across those foreheads Christ.
0: and giant space penises all over his face.
2: Oh, space penis. You're talking to me. You're talking to me. <laughs> hey, um, you didn't do the business at the front. I, I was I was ready to listen I, to I was, Will get all excited.
0: I thought he was gonna give the business at the end. Usually when when we have such important people like yourself on. Hawes will give the business. I get too
1: excited when we have guests on. It happens every time we have a guest on, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm so excited to talk! I'm not going to promote." Jeez, I didn't even realize it happened. That's fine. We'll keep it for the end. All right, all right. I'll save it up. Keep to the
2: end. I, I, the only, the only reason I remember is just because
0: Will always gets like. It's one of my favorite parts. It's one of the one of my favorite parts of the show is Hawes' business. I love it. I can't get enough of it. (laughs) I, uh, I'm not as scared to admit it.
2: I tell you, nothing. Well, well, let, let, let's hope that, um, I, like, I hope, I hope the best for the the podcast, and I, I wish you all the success in the world, you, you guys. I, I love it, but um, I, I worry that if you ever like got, you know, you had advertisers and they want to advertise the new Visual Dictionary at the start of the show, mm-hmm. and that will's like oh, give us the business what's in the business and horse is like well i got to talk about my vd and like, <laughs> will's like oh that's good business yeah oh, that's good <laughs> that's great business
1: oh man um advertisers shoo i don't know man i don't know that we're advertiser friendly it's like the adpocalypse on youtube um
0: speaking- somebody <laughs> that'll endorse us
1: speaking of which our buddy Steele here has been producing content on youtube pretty impressive rate i gotta say buddy um i'm liking what you're doing with the youtube so um our listeners if if you're a youtube aficionado like myself poor will whenever he comes to visit it's like i have a list of youtube videos i have to show him the poor dude and he's got to sit down while i show him ridiculous <laughs> shit on youtube um it's
0: like chat roulette, a funny video, funny random
1: shit. Uh anyways, you guys should go check that out. Steel Wars on YouTube. Lots of stuff to check out. I really like the video format you're doing for like with the Bresnikin interview. You did sort of a condensed version on YouTube and you could listen to the whole version on um uh, you know, on the iTunes feed. So I thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah. Cheers, man. Yeah, I'm just sort of just getting the hang of how to edit it and it not take too long to get up. But um, the Bresnikan one was actually meant to be the same length, but I didn't realize how quickly the battery ran out. So I had to, like, charge uh, the battery for half or 20 minutes of the podcast. But I've, I now own two batteries, guys. So uh, checkmate, energy. Professional. <laughs> hey, did you – uh,
1: maybe if you don't want to give this away, that's fine. Uh did you video the Mendo podcast?
2: No. Oh okay. no. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, I. I. He did video a thing at the end, like that we'll have on YouTube, just a little sizzle. Okay. Cool. Um. But uh. Yeah, because you know he. It, it was. It was just I didn't want to um push the friendship with that and uh, just get his dulcet tones down.
1: Fair enough. Very understandable um so yeah like i said i i liked the first episode very very much the second episode i liked but didn't necessarily love i felt like it was basically the the calm before the storm you know you need that one sort of last episode to establish and set them on the course towards the finale um And I think the finale is going to get pretty weird. I think there's going to be some weird stuff going forward. It's already getting
2: sort of weird in parts. Oh, man. I've been told I'm going to hate next week. Uh, See, I was wondering that because,
1: um, you know, I know your sort of feelings on the weirder side of the Star Wars animation, basically like the Mortis type stuff, you know? Um, And you're Mm -hmm. not that big of a fan. I really like Mortis. I think it's just whether, you know, I think it it comes down to like, do you like the really weird stuff in Star Wars or do you want, you know, a different type of Star Wars? You know, everybody's got different tastes. Uh, That being said, weird Star Mm -hmm. Wars doesn't always work well, work out well, even for me. But uh, yeah, from the trailer... That we got for this last half of the season and the like previews of what's coming up. It does look like it might be getting a little weird. So, yeah, buddy, I, I was wondering that myself for you.
2: Yeah, I just I don't know, and I I'm just worried everyone's gonna turn into an animal or something. It's uh and like is is Ahsoka coming back? Uh... I
1: don't know. Like, I think so, but I can't say for sure. Like, you know, Dave Filoni has spent the ensuing years since the end of season two, basically teasing that whether it be changing shirts in the middle of a panel or giving vague answers to Q and a questions. Um, But it's, I want to say yes. If I had to guess and and you're going to hate this. Yeah. (laughs) If I had to guess, Ezra is going to find some way in that Jedi temple on Lothal to go to Mortis or some weird intradimensional reality in Star Wars, and we'll meet up with Ahsoka there.
2: Yeah. Ugh. Um. Yeah, That that's sort of like part of the reason I enjoyed this week so much was... I'm sort of going into it just going, well, I don't like this sort of, like, I think it's going to get mystical. I don't really enjoy that. Right. So, like, well, what's the point of, like, getting so worked up about it?
1: What, uh, so, I, I, you know, I've heard you specifically mention that Mortis isn't really your thing. What did you think about the last Yoda arc in The Clone Wars? The, the, you know, in the season six sort of half season they put out on Netflix? Um, that ends with that like three or four episode Yoda arc. How'd you did you like that or not really? Um, I can't really recall what happened in it to be honest. There's there's some weird like there there's the one thing where Yoda sort of sees the dark version of himself. If you remember that, Um he meets those. Oh weird... yeah.
2: <laughs> I... Yeah, I, I wasn't too into his um. When he met the Gollum Yoda. I, I Yeah. I don't know. I, I sort of... I think I just put it out of my mind. This you. is the first I've thought about it in like two years. Like, Thanks. No, Thanks. that doesn't
0: happen in Wars. my head. That's yeah. great. Thank you very much. Um,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit goofy. Fair enough. You know. Um, Will, have you seen that arc? That
1: Yoda arc that ends the Clone Wars?
0: I feel like I have. I think it's been a long time.
1: They sort of go over the, like the whole sifo thing in that. And yeah, he goes on like this spirit journey. He sort of communes with Qui-Gon. I'm trying to remember what all happens in that. There's also that weird thing okay, where I'm... he meets like the creatures that everybody thought were the wills at one point, And I think they said they weren't like they almost looked like force angels or something. They were kind of a weird design.
0: Is that what Anakin was talking about? The angels of whatever?
1: When I don't asked think Pat so. May, if she's an angel. I don't <laughs> think so. Are you an angel? Oh, man. The sweet pickup line. Sweet pickup line. Oh, right. And the balls of a nine-year-old
0: kid. Are you <laughs> an angel?
1: <laughs> man, Did I didn't hurt. it have... hurt
0: when you fell?
1: <laughs> um huh. Did you guys hear the sort of rumors that are cropping up about the possible next animated series?
0: Oh, no, what?
1: So it's nothing concrete, but Lucasfilm recently filed a trademark for something called Star Wars Resistance. And I am not super knowledgeable on how the whole trademark thing works, but apparently, you know, when they file it, it's not just for the name, it's for all the associated products and thing that will come out you know with that name so for instance if they're registering star wars battlefront it'll say you know uh digital media download games etc etc same thing for like mobile games well this one is pretty extensive because it mentions you know uh tie-in books clothing merchandise figures etc etc Which, from what I understand, they only do for things that are a little bigger. Like, they don't do this for a book or a mobile game. This is more like either a movie or a show, an animated series. So, a lot of people are sort of guessing right now that Star Wars Resistance may be the series that follows uh, Rebels. And, uh, I mean, it seems as likely as anything to me that that could be what it is. Um It'll be interesting. I mean, the name alone makes me think that it's going to be more towards the sequel trilogy era, which is pretty exciting for me. I'd like to see more of that explored.
2: Uh, What do you think about that, Steele? Yeah, well, uh, from what I've been told, they they registered the name in a more uh, widespread way than you would just for a video game. But um, it would be cool, man. It would be awesome if, you know, imagine if it was sort of like the Clone Wars, you know, version for the sequel trilogy between, you know, episodes eight and nine maybe. But, you know, it's just, you know, pick what you want at the moment. You've got a trademark name and, right. you know, it might be a promotion for like a toothpaste company and they're resisting plaque. Who knows? <laughs> That
1: would be quite the twist,
2: but yeah. but however, we are we're definitely going to get a new animation thing, you know, in the next year. So, yeah, it would be it, it would be pretty sick. And I I don't know, like I, I was talking about this online with someone today about you know if it will be Dave Filoni or I know they're hiring a lot of new people, but I don't know. Like I I'm not dissing on him, but I'm interested to see someone else do it just for a different tone and um I don't know, like Fony just seems so hung up on those Clone Wars characters. Yeah, I know it's like like the whole thing with Ahsoka, like she has to be alive, I think, because If she's dead, well, what a way to make her death so flaccid and... Meaningless, yeah. Yeah, like, you don't want to be left with confusion. Like, so she has to come... It's just too back and forth. Like, I I never get over... If he did that Anakin kills Ahsoka storyline at the end of season two, like he talked about at Celebration, oh, my God. That that just Mm. would have been... You know, you, you think, you know, Kanan's death was sad last week. That one would have been just heart wrenching that it was, and it was like you're never going to get that chance to have Anakin be able to do it. Yeah. But, you know, maybe she's going to drift off and, you know, go into those unknown regions. Yeah. Well,
1: um, yeah, I, you know, uh, the idea of sort of a, a sequel trilogy based animated series, whether. And it's probably just because it's what we've got right now, Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Resistance. It thinks it makes me think maybe we'll see more of the the time period between that book Bloodline and The Force Awakens um, and sort of the ramp up and the build up of the Resistance and their, you know, first skirmishes with the First Order and maybe, you know, the First Order coming to power. But I don't know uh, if if there is going to be a time jump between eight but, and nine.
2: Go ahead, buddy. Oh, the other thing is, like, it could be live action.
1: It could. That's a very good... This could be whatever, you know, this live action series they're talking about. There's... From what I saw of the trademark stuff, there's nothing to specify that it's specifically animation, you know? So, that's that's a good point. It could very well be our first live action series. That'd be pretty badass. We know it's coming. It's just a matter of when. Um but yeah, that could be pretty badass. Uh I like the idea of between 8 and 9 though. I don't know that they would do that. Um but that would be pretty exciting to me that, you know, we could get a series set in between the two movies, especially if there's going to be a significant time jump between the two.
2: Yeah, the, the, I guess the thing is is that you know, we we're not going to see the cartoon before the movie.
1: Uh yeah, well if they're going to announce it at celebration I would kind of peg it to come out fall 2019. So, you know how Rebels started just a few months before The Force Awakens? I think they might do something similar with this.
2: Yeah, okay, all right.
1: That's just my thoughts on it. I you know, I'm probably completely wrong, but we'll see. Um anyways, we uh we've got to let our buddy Steel go. He's got an appointment to make Guess what? Some more content. But uh, <laughs> I am very thankful that you got to come by and spend the night with us, buddy.
2: It's been a blast.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm um, so glad
0: I got to be on with you. Thank you so much for making time for us.
2: Um, oh, my like the only bummer about it is that I've got one less podcast to listen to next week <laughs> because <laughs> I always always normally like hit this one over the weekend if I get a little uh, a little break in um my. You know, weekend life. But yeah, I, I love listening to the podcast. So it's an honor to be on for sure. And um, yeah, it was good to be on with Will. I, it was weird because I was talking about it with Hawes. I was like, I don't know. Have I been on with Will? I can't. It's hard because I listen to him talk every week. And right. I can't remember if he's talking to me or everyone. So that's <laughs> like, it's like the weirdness of, of all this. The, the, the intimacy culture. of a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, you have to come to celebration. You have to stop um, letting the bearded one take all the glory from the podcast, mate.
1: It's not on on purpose. (laughs) 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 I I try to get Will to come to do all these fun things. He's a busy guy. He's got a lot of responsibilities.
0: I'm Um, working on it.
1: Anyways, buddy, before we let you go and I give our business, I guess, why why don't you tell our good listeners... In case they don't know, you, you've got some podcasts, you've got some live shows coming up, you've got your Patreon. Why don't you fill them in on all that good stuff?
2: Uh, yeah, if you're in L.A., we're doing a Rebel sort of um, end-of-season wrap-up panel uh, at Scum and Villainy on the 10th of March in Hollywood. If you're in Australia, I'll be doing the Easter weekend of the doing like live podcasts. Uh, at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And I can't remember the date. I think it's the 26th of May. We're doing a solo reaction panel, which it's like the couple days after Solo comes out at Scum and Villainy. And and Horst Burkhart himself will be a guest on that panel. So that's pretty exciting. Hey,
1: hey. Yeah, be, I mean, There you go, guys. I Look at me. I'm a company <laughs> man. I keep that shit secret. Steel just spilled his own beans, my man. Um.
2: And um, yeah, for the podcast uh, next week, I'm really excited to have Ben Mendelsohn on the podcast. I'm yeah, I, I, I've heard a bit of it back, but I'm looking forward to um, probably on on Monday, sort of running through it and and uh, making sure it's all ship shape. But yeah, it was a long time coming to get him on the on the show, and he was, he was such a nice dude to come do it. So I, I'm just, I just hope for the people that have been sort of waiting for it and are excited about it that it's, it's going to be live up to the, uh, to what it should be. Oh, so uh, you don't have
1: to worry about that shit, buddy. I know that. You, that's my prediction. Put that in the Steel Wars call-in show.
2: Okay. All right. And, um, and then like. Uh, we do call-in shows, so you guys can actually call in live and talk to me and a guest. Oh, wow. And I, I, I think um, we used to do them on Friday nights, but I think I'm going to move it to Monday night because it's a little bit easier for everyone. So we're going to do one this week, and that's why I was so excited that you could do watch the thing live because I can do the call-in show right after Rebels oh, and, okay. uh, and, and react to it. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go, I think, with that Monday time slot for that live. And then you can listen to it on delay on um, iTunes or whatever. But um, – and i am sort of got a few ideas to sort of soup up that operation to sort of um, – yeah. So and it, it's really fun that you just don't know who's going to call in. Stephen Stanton calls in, you know, now and again and like a bunch of podcasters and a bunch of really um, like interesting listeners. It's 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 quite civil – Uh, for some, you know, call-in thing on the internet. So check all that out at SteelWars.com or wherever you get podcasts. Also, yeah, the YouTube channel, you can watch live shows there and we have little... There's actually a really cool um, enhanced clip. So we sort of, I take like a five-minute sort of highlight from the podcast and we enhance it up. And there's a really funny one with me and Hawes realizing that IG-88's head moves in Empire Strikes Back.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that thing. Um, oh, and that's
2: the one that the that, that Ralph from Cake Cakebox Cake Cake Boss liked, and you I know. Uh, found out.
1: I know, man. Of all, the three, I was like, man, I watch a lot. I've watched a lot of Cake Boss. I, I, this is surreal. Um, yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, you know what's funny about that clip is, after we recorded that show, I remember saying to you, "Oh man, it'd be really cool if Josh Chapman did one of those." animated thing like one of those youtube clips like he does one of you to that uh ig88 story and then like a couple months later that shit happened that was pretty neat
2: yeah well i someone put it on one we do these little highlight shows that eric struthers like interviews someone about the podcast like about their favorite bits right sort of work you know it works a good way to get someone else on the podcast and you know like a best of sort of thing as well so people know like because their interviews there's not like, you know, they don't go, it's not like a news show. So, you know, people can go back and listen to the old interviews and someone that was one of their highlights was that like conversation about IG-88 and yeah, that's I sort of went, ah, oh, this would make such a funny clip and um, yeah, we get very excited, Will. If you think you get excited by the business, William, when <laughs> IG-88's head moves, we get a, a little bit too into it i think oh my goodness (laughs) like two dudes over the internet going it moves moves." (laughs) like that's not a good look
0: (laughs) that sounds like a bunch of fun i'll tell you that
1: (laughs) well once again buddy thanks for coming and if you don't mind i'm gonna step into the room and give a little business you can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blue You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at blueharvestpod. Pod. You can email us at Blue Podcast at gmail.com. We have a T public store, tpublic.com slash user slash blue podcast. And we are part of the best damn ass podcast network in the galaxy, the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, along with such great shows as Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, The Sith List, Podcast 2187, First Order Transmissions, The Cargo Hold, Cantina Cast, Idiot's Array, and Tarkin's Top Shelf. And we are debuting a brand new cover image and uh, probably uh-huh. a shirt and stuff this week from the amazing artist himself, Evan DeCellis. I didn't even know it was going to be this quick. He literally just sent them to me as we were recording. So I'm going to try and get those up for you guys. Check it out. It's pretty funny, I think. I think it's pretty funny. But um, also, if you like our theme song, check out Stoned Cobra. They were awesome to let us use their music. Stonecobra.bandcamp.com itunes and spotify that's where you can check them out and uh besides that guys we'll see you next week we'll uh we'll see what happens until then but before that this has been blue harvest and i'm Halls burkhart and i'm will whitten may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the force be with us